Chapter Twenty One of the Fortunate Foundlings by Eliza Haywood. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter Twenty One. The prisoners' expectations raised. A terrible disappointment. Some of the chief carried to Prince Menzikoff's palace. Their usage there. Horatio set at liberty, and the occasion. Our captives had soon after a new matter of rejoicing. A Polander, in the service of Muscovy, who had been taken prisoner by the Swedes, and was discharged and sent home with a great number of others by the unparalleled generosity of Charles the Twelfth, was one of the guards who now did duty in the prison. It was often his turn to bring them their poor allowance of provision, and having some pity for their condition, as well as gratitude for a people who had used him and his companions in a different manner, told them that they might be of good heart. For, said he, you will soon be set at liberty. Our emperor has enough to do to keep his ground in Ukraine. Charles is as victorious as ever, the prince of the Cossacks, one of the bravest men on earth, next to himself, has entered into an alliance with him. King Stanislaus is sending him succours from Poland, a powerful reinforcement is coming to him from Lithuania, and when these armies are joined, as I believe they already are, nothing can withstand them. You will hear the Swedish march beat from this prison walls, and perhaps see your present conquerors change places with you. And to confirm the truth of what I say, continued he, I can further assure you that the Tsar, before I left the camp, was in the utmost confusion. His council, as well as army, were at a stand and he had twice made overtures of peace and been refused. This was an intelligence which might well be transporting to the king of Sweden's officers. The thought of seeing him enter Petersburg a conqueror, of once more embracing their old friends and companions, and of triumphing over those who had so cruelly abused the power the chance of war had put into their hands, made them all in their turns hug and bless the kind informer. They also asked him several questions concerning the generals, and each being more particular concerning those they had the greatest interest in, received from this honest soldier all the satisfaction they could desire. As couriers were continually arriving from the army, there passed few days without hearing some farther confirmation of their most sanguine expectations. But at length, the guard being again changed, they lost all further intelligence, and were for several months without being able to hear anything of what passed. They doubted not, however, but as things were in so good a disposition, every day brought them nearer to the completion of their wishes. And it was this pleasing prospect which addressed their misfortunes, and enabled them to sustain cheerfully those hardships which, almost ever since the withdrawing of Idella's bounty, they had laboured under. Matakesa, in the beginning of her amours with Malern, had indeed made him some presents which he shared with his companions but either the natural inconstancy of her temper making her grow weary of this intrigue for the sake of another or her circumstances not allowing her to continue such donations she soon grew sparing of them and at length totally desisted her visits at the prison as ever since the compassionate idella had procured them to be removed from the dungeon they had enjoyed the privilege of walking on the leads and going up to the round tower 
which being of a very great height not only overlooked the town but the country round for a considerable distance they frequently made use of this indulgence at first for no other purpose than to have the benefit of the open air but now in hope of seeing their beloved prince at the head of a victorious army approaching to give them liberty and relief but alas how terrible a reverse of their high-raised expectations had in constant fortune in store for them one day as they were sitting together discoursing on the usual topics with which they entertained each other and endeavoured to beguile the tedious time they heard a confused noise as of some sudden tumult though they had now been above a year in russia none of them could speak the language well enough to be understood so could receive no information from the guard even should they have proved good-natured enough to be willing to satisfy their curiosity so they all run hastily up to the round tower whence they easily perceived the town in great confusion and the people running in such crowds that in the hurry many were trampled to death in endeavouring to pass the gates at a distance they perceived standards waving in the air but could not yet distinguish what arms they bore a certain shivering and palpitation the natural consequences of suspense ran through all their nerves divided as they were by this sight between hope and fear but when it drew more near when instead of swedish colours they beheld those of russia when in the place where they expected to see their gallant king coming to restore them once more to freedom they saw the implacable czar enter in triumph followed by those heroes the least of whom had lately made him tremble now in chains and exposed to the ribald mirth and derision of the gaping crowd they lost at once their fortitude and even all sense of expressing their grief at this misfortune the shock of it was so violent it even took away the power of feeling it and they remained for some moments rather like statues carved out by mortal art than real men created by god and animated with living souls a general groan was the first mark they gave of any sensibility of this dreadful stroke of fate but when recruited spirits once more gave utterance to words how terrible were their exclamations some of them in the extravagance of despair said things relating to fate and destiny which on a less occasion could have little merited forgiveness unable either to remove from the place or view distinctly what their eyes were fixed upon they stayed till the whole cavalcade was passed then went down and threw themselves upon the floor where their ears were deafened by the noise of guns loud huzzas and other testimonies of popular rejoicings both within and without the prison walls what have we now to expect cried one endless slavery chains infamy lasting as our lives replied another then let us die added a third right said his companion fiercely the glory of sweden is lost let us disappoint these barbarians these russian monsters of the pleasure of insulting us on our country's fall in this romantic and distracted manner did they in vain endeavour to discharge their breasts of the load of anguish each sustained their misfortune was not of a nature to be alleviated by words it was too mighty for expression and the more they spoke the more they had yet to say for three whole days they refused the wretched sustenance brought to them 
neither did the least slumber ever close their eyelids by night on the fourth the keeper of the prison came and told them they must depart they endeavoured not to inform themselves how or where they were to be disposed of in their present condition all places were alike to them so followed him without speaking downstairs at the bottom of which they found a strong guard of thirty soldiers who having chained them in a link like slaves going to be sold at market conducted them to a very stately palace adjoining to that belonging to the czar they were but eight in number out of fifty-five who had been taken prisoner at the time horatio was and were thrown altogether into the dungeon the others having perished through cold and the noisomeness of the place before edella had procured them a more easy situation but these eight that survived were all officers and most of them men of distinguished birth as well as valour though their long imprisonment scanty food and more than all the grief they at present laboured under made them look rather like ghosts than men chose out of thousands to fight always near the king of sweden's person in every hazardous attempt they were placed in a stately gallery and there left while the officer who commanded the party that came with them went into an inner room but soon after returned and another person with him on which the first of this unhappy string was loosed from his companions and a signal made to him to enter a door which was opened for him and immediately closed again for about half an hour there was a profound silence our prisoners kept it through astonishment and the others it is to be supposed had orders for doing so at the end of that time the door was again opened and the chain which fastened the second swede to the others was untied and he in like manner as the former bid to go in in some time after the same ceremony was observed to a third then a fourth fifth sixth and seventh horatio chanced to be last who though alarmed to a very great degree at the thoughts of what fate might have been inflicted on his companions went fearless in more curious to know the meaning of this mysterious proceeding than anxious for what might befall him he had no sooner passed the door than he found himself in a spacious chamber richly adorned at the upper end of which sat a man leaning his head upon his arm in a thoughtful posture horatio immediately knew him to be prince menzikoff whom he had seen during a short truce between the czar and king charles of sweden when both their armies were in lithuania there were no other persons present than one who had the aspect of a jew and as it proved was so that stood near the prince's chair and a soldier who kept the door horatio was bid to approach and when he did so you are called hither said the jew in the swedish language to answer to such questions as shall be asked you concerning a conspiracy carried on between you and your fellow-prisoners with the enemies of russia horatio understood the language perfectly well having conversed so long with swedes but never could attain to a perfect pronunciation of it so replied in french that he knew the prince could speak french and he would therefore answer to any interrogatories his highness should be pleased to make without the help of an interpreter are you not then a swede said the prince horatio then told him he was not but came from france into the service of the king of sweden 
merely through his love of arms on these words menzikoff dismissed the jew and looked earnestly on him wan and pale as he was grown through his long confinement and the many hardships he had sustained this prince found something in him that attracted his admiration methinks said he since glory was your aim you might as well have hoped to acquire it under the banners of our invincible emperor alas my lord replied horatio with a sigh that title till very lately was given to the king of sweden and i believe whatever fate has attended that truly great prince those who had the honour to be distinguished by him will never be suspected either of cowardice or baseness it was by brave and open means our king taught his soldiers the way to victory not by mean subterfuges and little plots i cannot therefore conceive for what reason i am brought hither to be examined on any score that has the appearance of a conspiracy yes replied the prince fiercely you and your fellow-prisoners have endeavoured to insinuate yourselves into the favour of persons whom you imagined entrusted with the secrets of the government being prisoners of war you formed contrivances for your escape and attempted to inveigle others to accompany your flight that every tittle of this accusation is false my lord cried horatio there needs no more than the improbability of it to prove indeed the cruel usage we sustained might have justified an attempt to free ourselves yet did such a design never enter our heads we were so far from making use of any stratagems for that purpose that we never made the least overture to any of the guards who were the only persons we were allowed to converse with how said the prince interrupting him were not your privileges enlarged by the interposition of a lady did she not make you considerable allowances out of her own purse and frequently visit you to receive your thanks and were you not emboldened by these favours to urge her to reveal what secrets were in her knowledge and even to assist you in your escape you doubtless imagined you could prevail on her also to go with you part of this continued he she has herself confessed it will therefore be in vain for you to deny it if you ingenuously reveal these particulars she has omitted you may hope to find favour but if you obstinately persist as your companions have done in attempting to impose upon me you must expect to share the same fate immediately in speaking these words he made a sign to the soldier who throwing open a large folding door discovered a rack on which one of the swedish officers was tied and the others stood near bound and in the hands of the executioner this sight so amazed horatio that he had not the power of speaking one word till mullern who happened to be the person that was fastened upon the rack cried out to him be not lost in consideration horatio said he are we not in the hands of muscovites from whom nothing that is human can be expected rather prepare yourself to disappoint their cruelty by bravely suffering all they dare inflict hold then said horatio even muscovites would choose to have some pretence for what they do and sure the first favourite and generalissimo of a prince who boasts an inclination to civilise his barbarous subjects will not without any cause torture them whom chance alone has put into his power and who have never done him any personal injury by heaven pursued he turning to the prince we are all innocent of any part of those crimes laid to our charge time perhaps if our declarations are ineffectual will convince your highness we are so 
and you will then regret the injustice you have done us you are all in one story cried the prince but i am well assured of the main point the particulars is all i want to be informed of but since i am compelled to speak more plain which of you is it for whose sake you all received such instances of idella's bounty whoever tells me that even though it be the person himself shall have both pardon and liberty impossible it is to express the astonishment every one was in at this demand five of them had not the least notion what it meant but mullen horatio and that friend to whom he had shown the letter of matacasa had some conjecture of the truth and presently imagined that lady had been the incendiary to kindle the flame of jealousy in the prince's breast the affair however was of so nice a nature that they knew not how to vindicate adela without making her seem more guilty so contented themselves with joining with the others in protesting they knew of no one among them who could boast of receiving any greater favours from her than his fellows but that what she did was instigated merely by compassion since she had never seen or knew who any of them were till after she had moved the governor on their behalf they acknowledged she had been so good as to come sometimes to the prison in order to see if those she entrusted with her bounty had been faithful in the delivery of it but that she never made the least difference between them and never had conversation with any one of them that was not in the presence of them all mullen could not forbear adding to this that he doubted not but the persons who had incensed his highness into groundless surmises were also the same who had hindered her by some false insinuations or other from continuing the allowance her charity allowed them and for the want of which they had since been near perishing prince menzikoff listened attentively to what each said and with no less earnestness fixed his eyes on the face of every one as they spoke finding they had done he was about giving some orders on their account when the keeper of the prison came hastily into the room and having entreated pardon for the interruption presented a letter to the prince directed for the brigadier mullen and brought he said just after the prisoners were carried out Mensikoff commended his zeal on receiving and bringing it to him as it might possibly serve to give some light to the affair he was examining having perused it he demanded which of them was named mullen i am replied the brave swede and neither fear nor am ashamed of anything under that name hear then what is wrote to you by a lady resumed the prince with a countenance more serene than he had worn since their being brought before him and presently read with a very audible voice these words that you have been so long without seeing me my dear mullen or hearing from me is not owing to any decrease in my affection but to the necessity of my affairs if you have any regard for me remaining i conjure you if ever you are asked any questions concerning the frequent visits i have made you to say i was sent by adela and that i was no more than her emissary in the assistance you received from me add also that you have reason to believe her charity was excited by her liking one of your company mention who you think fit but i believe horatio as the youngest and most handsome will be the most likely to gain credit to what you say depend on it that if you execute this commission artfully i will recompense it by procuring your liberty nor need you have any scruples concerning it 
for no person will be prejudiced by it and the reputation preserved of yours matakesa i suppose said the prince as soon as he had done reading turning to horatio you are the person mentioned in the letter though i neither desire nor deserve the epithets given me there my lord replied he yet i will not deny but i am called horatio well resumed the prince with a half smile i am so well pleased with the conviction this letter has given me that i shall retain no resentment against the malicious author of it he then ordered mullern to be taken from the rack which had never been strained nor had he any intention as he now assured them to put him to the torture but only to intimidate him being resolved to make use of every method he could think of for the full discovery of everything relating to the behaviour of his beloved adela the other gentlemen also had their fetters taken off and the prince asked pardon of them severally for the injury he had done them then made them sit down and partake of a handsome collation at that table before which they had so lately stood as delinquents at the bar the russians are excessive in their carouses and prince menzikoff being now in an admirable good humour made them drink very freely to be the more obliging to his guests he began the king of sweden's health in a bumper of brandy protesting at the same time that though an enemy to his master he loved and venerated the hero horatio on this ventured to inquire in what condition his majesty was to which the prince replied that being greatly wounded he was obliged to leave the field and it was believed had took the load towards the dominions of the grand signor some of the russian troops having pursued him as far as the Berithsenes, where by the incredible valour of a few that attended him they had been beat back the swedish officers knew it must be bad indeed when their king was compelled to fly and this renewed in them a melancholy which it was not in the power of liquor or the present civilities of the prince to dissipate they also learned that the generals renchild slippenbock hamilton horn leuenhaup and stackelberg with the prince of wurtemberg count piper and the flower of the whole army were prisoners at moscow the misfortune of these great men would have been very afflicting to those who heard it could anything have given addition to what they knew before prince menzikoff was sensible of what they felt and to alleviate their grief assured them that he would take upon him to give them all their liberty without even exacting a promise from them never more to draw their swords against the czar in case the king of sweden should ever be able to take the field again so generous the proceeding both merited and received their utmost acknowledgments but he put an end to the serious demonstrations they were about to make him of their gratitude by saying i pay you no more than i owe you i have wronged you this is but part of the retaliation i ought to make besides added he laughing matakesa promised mullern his freedom and as she has done me the good office though undesignedly of revealing to me her own treachery i can do no less than assist her in fulfilling her covenant to prove how much he was in earnest he called his secretary and ordered him to make out their passports with all expedition that they might be ready to depart next morning after which he made them repose themselves in his palace the remainder of the night which being in a manner vastly different from what they had been accustomed to of a long time indeed ever since their quitting alrenstadt they did not fail to do notwithstanding the discontent of their minds 
prince menzikoff now being convinced of the fidelity of edella passed into her apartment where the reconciliation between them took up so much time that it was near noon next day before he appeared his new guests had not quitted their chambers much sooner but after reproaching themselves for having been so tardy went altogether to take leave of the prince and accept the passports he had been so good as to order as they were got ready he gave them immediately into their hands and told them they were at liberty to quit petersburg that moment if they pleased or if they had any curiosity to take a view of that city they might gratify it and begin their journey next morning as it was now so late in the day they accepted his highness's offer and walked out to see a place which had excited so much admiration in the world since from a wild waste in ten years time a spacious and most beautiful city had arose in the midst of war and proved the genius of the founder greater in civil than in military arts though it must be owned he was indefatigable in the study of both the officers of the king of sweden were entertained with the same elegance and good humour they had been the night before and as they were now resolved to quit the city extremely early the prince took leave of them that night and in doing so put a purse of gold into the hands of every one to defray the expenses of their travelling this behaviour obliged them to own there was a possibility of sowing the seeds of humanity in muscovy and that the czar had made some progress in influencing those about him with the manners he had himself learned in the politer courts End of chapter twenty one